I am curious to get your take on the political attitude atmosphere uh, in this country. Is it always going to be the left calling the right terrorists? The president calls mega supporters terrorists and the most violent and dangerous group uh, in America. And uh, they're deplorables and they're dirty Walmart people and uh, and then terrorists uh, the the people that uh, stormed the White House, they're I mean the uh, Capitol, they're terrorists, and they need to go to jail. And the people that uh, bombed Portland and and uh, Minneapolis, they're just misunderstood. And and so I, you know we're going to have these extremist groups with extremist attitudes, and depending on which side they are extreme for, will be allowed to carry on or be uh, uh, deemed uh, terroristic and need to be put down. Mike, I saw an interesting and amusing poll on this the other day where people were asked if there's too much extremism in American politics. And, of course, 80 or 90 percent of the people polled said, yeah, there is too much extremism in American politics. And then the poll asked, well, which side is responsible for the extremism? Is it your side or is it the other side? And 80 to 90 percent of people said, no, it's the other side that yeah. responsible for the extremism. Only about 13% of people were willing to admit that their own side has gone, gotten to be a little too extreme. So I think that's pretty telling because people view extremism as a problem in American politics, but it's always the other side's fault. Right. And this is pretty typical when you look at excesses on both sides, I think. There are pretty good examples of this all across the political spectrum, Mike, where people are a lot more willing to be a lot more willing to make excuses for their own side, a lot more willing to find reasons to cover for their own side, sure. and are very willing to use the most extreme elements of the other side to paint a stereotype or paint a picture of the other side as being, as you said, you know, like dirty Walmart people. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of found that to be an amusing one. But, but yeah, Mike, I mean, you know, people think that extremism is a problem. It's just not my side. It's right. the other people well, who are the problem. And that's the, 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 the best argument for term limits is vote, vote the bum out. Not my bum. My bum is the good guy. Your bum, your bum is the one that needs to be voted out. If everybody in Congress felt the same way my guy felt, feels, my guy, my gal, okay, generic, uh, then the world would be a better place. It's your guy that needs term limits, not mine. Uh, hence, we don't have a decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mike, I mean, I think that is a really good point. I think there are good arguments for and against term limits, but there is this really interesting aspect of legislatures and Congress where people don't like Congress as a whole. They're frustrated with the Wisconsin state legislature as a whole. They're frustrated with like the whole body, but their own person that they voted in. Oh, they're, they're one of the good ones. They're not part of the problem. Sure. You know, the people th that we voted in here, they're, they're doing their job. They're, they're, part of the solution. And that can't possibly be true, Mike, right? I mean, like, <laughs> if the whole body is broken, but every single part of it keeps getting reelected, then that 
just doesn't make any logical sense. Sure. And so, I mean, I think that's a really strong argument for term limits, that people are not willing to replace the individuals in what they view as a broken institution. I mean, there's a right. total contradiction there. So, I mean, I think again, I think there are good arguments for and against term limits, but, you know, people's willingness to overlook the, you know, maybe the flaws in their own representatives yeah, I mean, I think maybe people should be challenged in, in doing that, and people should be, you know, maybe nudged a little bit to consider some new people for their for their positions in legislatures. Uh, the, the majority of voters over the weekend think that abortion will not be the top story until the Supreme Court decides. Any thoughts from uh, your thinking on what might be the next big thing in the news cycle? continue to be inflation. Obviously, we don't really know what the future holds for the economy. The Fed is going to continue to make some key decisions regarding interest rates throughout the summer. There's some signs maybe that the overheated economy is not going to be so overheated. We will see. But, Mike, I do think these abortion restrictions and, and abortion in general is going to be a relevant issue at least maybe not the number one issue but a relevant issue because each state is going to have its own unique debate on abortion and that's the whole thing about roe versus wade getting overturned potentially is that it tosses the decisions back to the states and so minnesota is going to have its unique debate on abortion wisconsin is going to have certainly a unique debate on abortion given the law on the books that bans abortion except in the case of the life of the mother. So there's going to be 50 different debates on abortion that are going to be carried out over the coming months. That means it's not so much going to be a national issue, not an issue that has a real national flavor to it, just an issue that is going to be really complicated because 50 different debates are going to be going on at the same time. Well, if your daughter allows, I'll call you back sometime and we'll get a chance to talk again. I appreciate uh, your lovely daughter, Savannah, giving us a few minutes this morning. Uh, thank your wife as well, who I am sure is spending uh, precious time this morning with uh, your new baby. Anthony Trigoski, thank you, my friend. Uh, a brand new daddy, in case those of you who don't know why I'm teasing him about being a new dad, 10 days old.